it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
the reclusive Howard Hughes, referred to as the richest man in America in the 1960s and 70s, produced movies, designed aircraft, established numerous aviation records, and was a consummate businessman. In his later life, he became a mystery, described as mentally incompetent. The public was told he died in 1976 as a dejected derelict. The richest man in America could buy anything he wanted, including a new life, which is exactly what Howard Hughes did, living another 25 years in hiding after the public thought he had expired, finally passing in 2001. This amazing true story of how he fooled the world and the people who kept his secret is detailed in the book, Boxes, The Secret Life of Howard Hughes. After years of research, the history-changing story, authored by Douglas Wellman and Mark Music, is now available. Get your copy at Amazon.com. You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network, the home of Night Dreams Talk Radio, with Gary Anderson, syndicated worldwide. Paranormal Talk Radio, like you remember. It is Thursday, the 27th of October. You know, I was thinking, well, this Halloween, a lot of people are finding that they are short on food and using food banks and all that. Wouldn't it be uh, shocking, James? Somebody goes knock, knock on your door on Halloween, and then you open the door, they stick a gun in your face and say, give me all your food. (laughs) <laughs> that would be a one heck of a surprise. You better believe it. I, I don't think they want to do that around here. They might get a gun back at them. But, yeah, that's horrible. But it could happen. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be, you know, you'd be thinking it was some little kid, right? <laughs> well, that's true. Right. You you would. You would. Be careful for black-eyed children, though. Oh, let me tell you something. Uh, you do not want to mess with black-eyed anything. No, you don't. Well, you know what? They've been experimenting Well, with the first human trial to eliminate cancer, it's like an MRI, but it's done by, well, radioactive radio uh, signals, uh, you know, going over the cancer area. And it seems to be, well, knocking out the cancer. I tell you, it sounds interesting. It'd be great if we could, you know, get that to to where it works 100% or close to it. But I've always said the cure has been out there for years. I, I think they suppress it. Well, there is a cure for cancer. It's called death. Well, you know, the city of Bullhead, yeah, Bullhead in Arizona, is now, if you give a homeless person food, they're going to arrest you. They're going to take you down and book you, take your mugshot, take your fingerprints, and then they're going to take you back home. Now, if you do it again, you're going to spend the night in jail till you see the judge. It's illegal in Bullhead, Arizona, to give homeless people food. Yeah, you, that's ridiculous. You know what, Gary? I don't know if you remember. I think you shared me the video a year or two ago. There's an old guy, almost 80 years old in Florida. That's, you know, he's got money, and that's what he does. He gives food out to homeless people. They actually had a video showing the cops resting this poor old man. I think it's really crazy, you know, especially the way things are going. You know, it's down now less than three weeks of diesel fuel. Heating fuel is down to like two weeks. So there are still people that use, you know, uh, heating fuel to, you know, fire their furnace, you know. And what are they going to do? I mean, 
the the reserves are eventually uh, uh, virtually tapped out. And I tell you, it, it is crazy. All this to get the prices down before the election. People aren't that stupid anymore. No, and I got to tell you something. If you know the reserves are out, and there's no major crisis like a, um, a comet hitting or a super volcano going off, shutting down the country. Imagine if something serious did happen. Oh my goodness! Well, Kim, out there, watch out. You know, you don't really want to be ready for Bigfoot because you never know when you're taking your trash out. You might see a hairy man. Well, hi, Barb. I hope you are staying out of trouble. Uh, again today. It's National American Beer Day. I'll drink to that. <laughs> buy me yeah. buy me a beer. I'm an alcoholic. In case of emergency, buy me a beer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get you to kind of get the little bear on it. National Civics Day. Uh-huh. National Black Cat Day. Oh, my goodness. That's prejudice. How about, you know, orange cats? Or all the other cats out there. I I still, when one crosses uh, the road in front of me, I I take a turn. <laughs> well, you know, it's really scary is now they've been actually, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence tomorrow with a great guest. But they now have come out with a, well, a scanner. It's kind of like an MRI. You you go into it and they can read your your thoughts and your brain. I don't know if I, if I would, I don't know. I don't want anybody reading my thoughts. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It, they've been warning about Big Brother for 100 years uh, watching you. Now they're in your brain. Uh, what privacy is left, Gary? Well, I know, but this is a standpoint. I mean, isn't that getting a little bit far? To, you know, it's bad enough where, the, you know, your, your DNA is shared everywhere. I mean, they can pretty much tell now when your DNA, when you're going to die. That is really scary, too. They can actually predict it down pretty much to the week, the year, the month off of your DNA. I don't want to know that stuff. Do you? No, no. And as far as and can tell what you're thinking and stuff, that that's really scary because what's it going to come to? You're thinking something bad or and they're going to arrest you or put you in a timeout? I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Yo, in Ohio, that's where you're at. You better be careful when with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You grab a shopping cart. There's been reported cases of people taking razor blades and putting them on the handles of the shopping cart. So when you get, you grab a shopping cart, you're getting more than the shopping cart. Like you're slicing your hands open. That is so ridiculous. And that, you know, that's been going on, not just recently, but for few years now i don't know what is wrong with people i mean you want to cut somebody's fingers off jeez well it's happened at uh, walmart located at 200 block of smokers drive so i mean that is really scary to think you know you have to worry about that you know you have to worry about you know that's another thing really people are kind of twisted because not all people but there's some people that are kind of twisted because of covid you know being the lockdown and and and, and all that 
I really, honestly, I think if you have kids, it's better to go out and get to the, you know, the hardware, not hardware store, the, the, the store and buy all kinds of candy and give it to your kids rather than having them go get it. Because I'll tell you what, you never know what can be in that candy that they're getting is scary. It is scary. I remember when I was a kid, it was like, you know, apples got razor blades and these candies could have stuff in it. And that was, you know, 40 years ago. So I can imagine what today's kids go through. Now, are you going to give out chocolate covered tomatoes on a stick and let the kids think they're getting chocolate covered apples or caramel? Sure. A caramel. Yeah. How about caramel? Caramel. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to get them just thrown back at my house for doing that. No. I don't Could you imagine, though? You're a kid. You, oh, I got a caramel apple. You don't see them much anymore. And you got one, right? And you, oh, I can't wait to take a bite out of it. You take a big bite and all those tomato juices running down in front of your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that actually you see them a lot here because there's a big factory just down the road. <laughs> but yeah, um, they would be mad. And you're, and they're going to do what they call um, the old trick on you. Believe yeah, me. they're going to plaster your house with tomatoes. Uh, yes. Or that's eggs. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, a guy who is terminally ill and only has a few months to live, well, he's kind of wealthy. And he figured, you know what, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to spend all my money. And all his relatives got together and said, well, if you do that, we're going to disown you. Now, isn't that crazy? That is, I, I, what is the world coming to? Boy, I, you can just feel the love in that family. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, I want your fillings, too, if they're gold and silver. Yeah, I could just see it. Boy, boy, they'd have you down. You're, you're, you're on your deathbed, and the guy's sitting there with a pair of pliers yanking on some cold fillings. You know, I do think, honestly, from when I was young versus now, society has changed. I think families are not as close-knit as they were back 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years ago. I mean, there's a big change in society, just how you look at things, and I blame a lot on on what you see on TV. I mean, when you go on TV, it's always like blood and guts, people getting hacked up, shot up. I mean, when I was watching TV as a young kid, it was like Donna Reed show, you know, or doc, uh, Dr. Welby and stuff like that. Now you, you go on and it's horrible stuff. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, too, Gary, uh, when I was a kid, I'm sure you too, uh, we all watch TV as a family. For one thing, the TV was the size of your house. You know, it's not something you just pick up and like a flat screen, put in your room. So it's like, you know, you, you don't have that anymore. No. And I remember the first TV we got, it was like big as a wash machine. <laughs> right. And the picture tube was about six inches round. So everything was round when you were watching it. And I'll tell you what, here I was like five years old and I, my mom one time said, what are you looking at the washing machine at? She had one of those washing machines with a door with the glass and you could see it. And I said, I'm trying to watch TV. She goes, son, that's not a TV. That's a wash machine. <laughs> I'm surprised you she didn't put an aquarium in there with some fish or something to keep you amused. Oh, I don't know. Hey, the Powerball, <laughs> no, and it's in like four or five different states. It's up to... 800 million bucks. Whoa. You know, I had tacos you can get for that 800 million bucks. 
uh, a whole a whole <laughs> life couple of lifetimes supply that that's in this state here. I think they're in a lot of states that thing, but that's you're getting close to a billion dollars. That's going to put you in a new tax bracket. Well, eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> you you know, yeah, you imagine how much the IRS is going to get. Oh, listen, you'd have about three or four of them at your door. They're going to be wanting their money. Oh yeah. Well, they're they're not going to be at the door before you even get the money. They're going to take it out. So you yeah. get eight hundred million dollars when you're done. You've probably got about three hundred million. I'll tell and you that. All, yeah, and, and you know another thing too, Gary. Any third, fourth, fifth, or twelfth uh, cousins that you may have that you're going to learn and meet them. <laughs> yeah, and friends that you don't even remember from grade school knocking on your door. Hey, Harry, you remember I was in kindergarten with you. I have this Remember? new idea for a toaster. I just need a million dollars to, you know, get it going. A, a man returns an overdue library book from his grandfather. It was four, 84 years late. Oh, my God. What, what was the fine for the, the, the bill on that one? Eight million dollars? No, it was one hundred and eighty four dollars and something. You imagine going? I couldn't imagine going to the library. I'm surprised the library has it with Stephen still there. Eighty four years. I wouldn't have took the you know a fine. I mean, they would have that book would have been a relic anyway. So NASA, uh huh, is now as we said the other night, they're investigating UFO sightings. But the head of NASA actually come out and said he hopes that they're not, well, not the type that are unfriendly towards humanity. Well, that's just it. I think there's several out there, and they all got their agendas, and you just you don't know. We don't know, really. Oh, yeah. Well, we might eventually find out. I don't know. Saudi Arabia. I don't even know how they can do this after they cut down the oil uh, coming to the United States. But Saudi Arabia says they're going to build a 100-mile uh, skyscraper, and it will hold a population of 9 million people. They actually broke ground on it today. It is going to be 1,640 feet tall and 650 feet across. Oh, my goodness. I, I I wouldn't want to live in something like that. You know, the higher up you live, the the older, the faster you age, too. But that would be scary to live in a building with 9 million people. I mean, you imagine an earthquake or something going wrong and you're, you know, you're a tortoise. Even being in the middle. Dangerous. But why would they do that? I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it, it's totally crazy. Uh, well, a dormant uh, Alaska volcano appears to be waking up after 800 years. Oh, boy. Now, that is scary because I'm going to tell you something. Alaska, as you know, has many, many volcanoes. And it, it's um, when those get going, look out. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? Don't pick your nose and eat it. I told you. And I told my kids that, and I told my grandkids, don't pick your nose and eat it. Well, they had a million-dollar grant, and they came to the conclusion, if you pick your nose and you eat a booger, you risk coming down with all kinds of diseases, colds, and even COVID, which could be laying in your nostrils dormant. And if you pick that booger and you do what a lot of people do, disposing-wise, you could then pick up a virus a bad cold COVID. who knows what else you could get including strep throat 
<laughs> well, I, I, I listen, I don't even know how anybody could do that and not puke or just the thought of it. My God, Gary. But yeah, uh, that's listen, common, common sense don't tell you not to do that. I don't think the cold or cold is going to keep you from doing it. I don't know. But again, I, you know, I don't know how many. Well, I don't know. I used to have a friend that used to pick his nose and eat it. And it would really wreck, you know, if you're out dinner with him and his wife, it would just like kill your appetite. Good way to lose weight. You know, again, they they discovered that we have an underground ocean and it's deep within the earth. And now they're thinking they could even have life in it. Oh, uh, what's that? Vol, um, Vern Jules or whatever. The, under the, uh, the center of the earth. earth. Yeah. 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 Just think about it. Maybe there is a inner earth with the ocean and all that stuff. And like a star, which could be who knows whatever. Well, a, a animal control rescued a nearly seven foot alligator from a storage uh, container here in Washington State in Pierce County. Somebody put it in a storage container, a live alligator. Well, the poor alligator, if they didn't let him out, he was going to die. I would have started stinking. But uh, what is an alligator has business doing in Washington? I mean, somebody definitely didn't want him to. That's horrible. Well, a bunch of tourists were stranded in underground Arizona Grand Canyon Cavern when the main entrance collapsed. But they are now been rescued, and they're back on the surface. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, a lot of people have claustrophobia. Imagine if somebody in that crowd has that. They would just be their worst nightmare. I know. And, you know, remember we talk about bears, you know, breaking in people's houses, stealing their liquor, the beer, and all this stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, well in Washington State... That's where I'm at. A woman was attacked by a bear. The bear decides to bite the woman outside of her home. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, these bears, they're encroaching on, on people all the time. I seen a video the other day. The old lady, you know, dozing off on her patio, you know, 60-year-old, 70-year-old woman. And this big black bear started to come up and look in her face. <laughs> Let me tell you, when she woke up, she spun out. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, again, they did a study on cats. Cats, you know, you think your cat loves you. Your cat really doesn't love you. <laughs> they said that cats don't have feelings towards humans. Now, this is, again, a research study. I don't know how much grant they got. But yeah. they said if, if a case like you didn't feed your cat for a few days, well, the cat is going to kind of like, well, going to feed on you. Yeah. Oh, listen, I've read several um, cases and uh, stories where the, the owner, the cat's owners, like you said, you know, an older lady, cat won't, she dies, nobody knows. After a few days, you're right. They will feed on you. Oh, yeah. So what are you going to be doing for Halloween, my friend? Well, I got to tell you something. As you probably well know, Gary, I have a long history from about 12 years on that on Halloween, every time I go out and try to do something, I get in trouble. So, so from like the, when I was 12 and neighbors say we live in the country, Hey, let's get some of that hard candy corn. It looks like little, you know, pyramids. Let's throw it at cars when they go by. We'll hide behind this little junk car by the road. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we did that. The guy, you know, gets out and he starts popping off his 45 caliber pistol. <laughs> hitting the car he said you do it again i'm gonna come over and shoot you let me tell you something that was um that was a bad day but uh yeah halloween i stay home i stay well, home yeah i remember when i was a kid too we used to take like firecrackers and put them in people's mailboxes 
Yeah, all the mailboxes by the side of the road. And a friend of mine, Pat Clark, did that. But he had one of these big fire clock, uh, crackers, and he lit it and then stuck it in the uh, uh, mailbox. But before he could close it, guess what? It blew yeah. up and took part of his hand with it. Oh, my goodness. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So are you one of the type of people that turn their lights off on Halloween? Um, nah, I keep them on. I keep them on. Yeah, but you don't answer the door, do you? Uh, nobody ever comes here. I've but what kids. would you do if some kids came? Are you going to hand them a tomato? I mean, do you <laughs> have candy? I mean, I seriously, candy. do you got candy for kids? I do. I do have candy on standby, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Get it out of your, you know, gummy worm bag? Well, I got to do what I got to do, but yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious, Barb out there and Kim, do you get people trick-or-treating? You know, it's funny where I live on a mini farm, I, honestly, I am scared to answer the door on Halloween because, I mean, you have to go down this road a quarter mile to come into our farm. And I'll tell you that I end up closing the gate, turning the lights off and, and going to bed because, I, you know, there's been people here, not in my place, but down the road that, uh, you know, got held up and robbed on the, uh, Halloween. Yeah, that is scary. Listen, lots great. People can use wear disguise and say it's a, you know, costume. So that's, you know, it's dangerous. Yeah. Well, we're going to be right back. We're taking a break. When we come back, we got Tom. We're going to be talking about, guess what? Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please, please, don't lose it. 
Talk Radio would like to say a big thank you for listening to Gary and his guest. Gary brings back paranormal talk radio like you remember. And we are back. Well, James, what can you tell the listeners about our guest? Well, Tom Cantrell comes from a large family, and after spending nine years in the Navy, he studied logging in college which led to his many decades of Bigfoot research and interactions with Bigfoot. Well, Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? And we don't have them. Okay, well, I'm going to play a little bit more music while we try to get our gas on. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio.
Hi, this is Val Von Torn of Metatron Power and Light. You're listening to Gary Anderson and Night Dreams Talk Radio. Okay, we're going to try it again. Are you there, Tom? Well, I'm here, yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you doing tonight? All right. I'm doing pretty well tonight. How about you? I'm staying out of trouble and all that. i got to ask you a question. Let's, let's start. Well, what can you tell us about you? What got you into, well, looking for Bigfoot, uh, writing books about Bigfoot? And uh, let's start there. Well, it started 63 years ago, 64 years ago, with the Jerry Crew incident in 1958. And uh, that got me interested Uh there was a, a world-renowned mammologist that came over from Europe to investigate it. He wrote several articles on it. Uh, one appeared in True Magazine, another in Argosy. And uh, Dr. Ivan T. Sanderson, uh, the man had written like 13 books on mammals of the world that were the standard of the industry. And that's what, that's what got my attention. And I followed that. And, of course, the... Uh, Nine years later was the Patterson-Gimlin film. And uh, then right on down, I spent nine years in the Navy, got out of the Navy in uh, 1970, and they had the the foresight to transfer me to the state of Washington from South Carolina, so it put me right back in in my own bailiwick uh, as far as finding them. And I got out, went to college, and... uh, and graduated with a degree in, in Mulligan Engineering and Forestry. And uh, that is when my career with them started, really. Uh, prior to that, it was all study. Now I had boots on the ground. And I did a lot of um, consulting work, forestry consulting work. And I did that mostly by myself. So I would hike in sometimes three, four, five, six miles off the road to do a bridge site survey, this type of thing. And uh, I learned really quickly, when you do that, you don't want to hike back out, sit down at your desk and start drawing it up and find out you've forgotten a measurement. So I would sit down and do a rough drawing before I left. And it was at this time I started noticing them uh, peeking around the tree at me. There's a little whistle they do. It's a just an up-down whistle. And uh, I would hear that, look up, and there'd be an eyeball peeking around a tree at me. And that started it, uh, basically, with my sightings. And from there, it just escalated up from, from the very early 1970s up till In 2009, I found out there was such a thing as the Internet and other people doing it. And until that time, I thought I was the only person in the world investigating them. And uh, since then, I've been able to collate a lot of a lot of facts, and that's what led to the books. Interesting. Uh, all, with the exception of one book, all of them have been written since 2010. Now, when you mentioned that you saw one, I mean, what did you see? At first, all I was seeing was just you know a, an eyeball peeking around a tree at me, a face and, and an eye. And but but at close range, you know, twenty five, thirty feet away, so there was no mistake about what I was seeing. But also in that time period, I 
from then through the mid-70s into the late-70s, I spent a lot of time doing that type of work and a lot of hiking. So I would uh, walk up on them every now and again. Uh, one particular time I remember was uh, I was hiking, and I came around a root wad of a down log, and there's one standing eating huckleberries off a huckleberry bush. And I just stopped and I just said, Oh, hi, big guy. How are you today? And he looked at me, kind of double take look and turned and just walked off kind of the same way Patty did. And the reason that was so significant is because I had a trackway then that I could measure. And being an organ engineer, any engineer, you got to measure things, right? And so that's what I did. I sat down and I, measured his foot and I measured his pace and then I got the idea to take my own boot off and walk beside him and compare it and that was an eye opener and so I started doing more and more of that type of stuff more comparison with traction and developed a system of uh, eventually where I could mimic the weight to find out how much they weighed and did the mathematics and figured out a formula we're figuring the height and weight from their from their track size. The uh, and uh, figured out that uh, if you figure out the side, the area of the track, multiply that by seven point five, that'll give you the weight. What is the, the length of the track? I was going to ask me, you what what is the average weight of a Bigfoot? Um, you know. Uh, around 600 to 700 pounds, depending on, you know, depending on the size. So like I said, um, height is good. Is, that's, a, that's an anatomical, biological constant. And in primates, our height is 6.5 times the length of our foot. Okay. So if you have one with a 10-inch foot, he's 65 inches high. If you have one with a say 15 inch foot, he's going to be just over eight feet tall. And that's, that doesn't mean that everyone in the world with that size foot's going to be that height. That puts it in the center of the bell curve. And then you'll have your standard deviations from there. But the point is that's, that puts you in, it puts you in the pickle barrel, so to speak. Uh, you're going to know where you are. And if you take the length of the foot, Multiply that times 0.4, that'll give you the average width. Multiply that times the length, and that'll give you the area of the foot. Multiply that times 7.5, and it'll give you the weight. What is the average weight of a Bigfoot? Average weight would be around 500 pounds. Interesting. What can you describe? Because, you know, I'm really, I've been doing this now 49 years, going on 50 years, doing talk radio. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed a lot of people that have seen Bigfoot or claim they have seen it, uh, including mm -hmm. one of the famous singers out of Canada, who's a country singer that I talked to, who saw a Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I saw one in early 2001 up in the Canadian Rockies. And uh, what is your feeling about these things? You know, here's what's happening. You have like Ron Moorhead, you, who believed for years they were flesh and blood, but now he's starting to think, 
well, maybe they're not really flesh and blood. What is your feeling? Well, I don't know. I guess you'd have to define that. Yes, they're a flesh and blood individual. They do some very, very strange things. Uh, I've had them just blow my mind with some of the stuff they've done. Now, I do have to say this right now. I've had some... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wild things happen. I have never, ever prevaricated about anything they've ever done. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't misinterpreted stuff because that's possible. We all interpret from our own history. But I do not ever prevaricate, do not uh, tell untruths, okay? And I know the the people that, you know, well, I call them the YouTube warriors that never get in the woods. They like to, uh, they like to accuse me of doing that, but they don't know me very well, or they wouldn't say that. But one example, very strange, tracking, you know, a trackway, and it was a snowy day across an open field. I got in the middle of the field, and the tracks just stopped. They just disappeared. No idea where they went. No idea where he disappeared to. But it's 50 feet to the trees on either side and 100 feet straight ahead, and those tracks ended right there. Isn't that kind of weird? Now, when you that, tell me how? It, that is weird. Pardon me? I said, Tom, that's weird when it happens. Because, you know, a friend of mine, Christopher yes. George, was a law enforcement ranger, forest ranger. Mm-hmm. And what he said one time, they were investigating, and they found Bigfoot prints in the snow. And it went about 100 feet. And then it just stopped right out in the open. And the first thing, yeah, they, they checked, and he said it was no way that the animal or the Bigfoot or whatever it created these footprints backtracked. It just vanished. It mm-hmm. went about 100 feet, and then it was gone. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. I've been, I have no explanation for it. And I've been, like I said, I've been, like you said, I've been doing this a long, long time. And they've done things that have just absolutely blown my mind from time to time. Uh, it, it, that's just one thing. Uh, so are they? do they have supernatural powers? I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm not going to say they don't. Right? I'm awful careful to, to, uh, to do that. Another time, 
I was, uh, Dr. Igor Bertsev was over from Russia and I was hosting him and we were down in McMinnville, Oregon area with a, with a fellow in his, his research area. And Igor and this young man had taken a walk up the, up the creek a ways. And I was sitting in the, in the car waiting for them and writing. I had was working on a book at the time. And I had put out a bag of apples. So I think I'd counted 21 or 22 apples that I had stacked up on this big flat rock. I, all of a sudden, I just couldn't stay awake. I fell sound asleep. And uh, when I woke up half an hour later, there were five apples left. And I get out of the car, going to take a picture of it, and my camera's dead. And I just replaced the batteries in it before I left the motel that morning. And uh, this was like three hours after that. Then uh, I get over to where I can look down in the basin. And this was, I think, March. It was The leaves were not on yet. They weren't even breaking yet. And so it was a, for those who know this biome, it was a kind of a little muddy little area with the alder trees in it. And underbrush, the underbrush was uh, gummy gooseberry and some other brushes. And there no leaves, so you could see everything very well. And what I saw was two sets of tracks being made and nothing making them. That is so interesting. Can they close? I think they can. Well, you know. It, I can prove that. You know, I had, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Michio Kaku. But he, me? Michio Kaku, he's a famous scientist. No. Okay. And, and he no. said that they're so close to breaking another dimension. And as that next dimension, they open, uh, if they crack it, would be like parallel, uh, parallel universes, portals, and all that stuff could exist. Mm-hmm. So maybe these mm-hmm. creatures were able to go into portals and going into, you know, other dimensions and traveling. I don't know. Because, you know, again, there's so many people who say that they've seen these Bigfoot, you know, walking, you know, and all of a sudden they just vanish into like a haze. It's like, poof, they're gone. I, you're exactly right, Gary. And and I don't know either. I, like I said, I've been doing this for years. I've, I've done the Jane Goodall, uh, Diane Fossey type of investigation where I've sat and watched a group of them. Uh I've done that on several occasions now over the years. And I know very well how their family structure works, everything about, well, not everything, but a lot about their their private lives. But I don't know how they do the things. Now, I think I understand how they do the cloaking. If you, well, you're very familiar with noise-canceling headphones, where you invert the signal and play it back into to negate the incoming noise signals. Do the same thing in the in the video spectrum, the visible light spectrum, and that's cloaking. Okay. Now the technology to do that, I don't know. Uh but I understand there are uh, there are experimentations going on in that field now. So possibly that possibly somebody has made a breakthrough on it. Well, but t- I do know that they're they're more intelligent than we are. Uh, 
number one. They don't have anything to do with us, so that has to prove Well, that, that's, right. there you go. I mean, there. here's the thing, though. Again, I had an encounter, me and a friend who was a medical doctor up in the Canadian mm-hmm. Rockies. I know what it looked like. I know it was kind of aggressive because it chased us back through the woods two miles, and it did some damage to mm-hmm. our vehicle. And again, I have had these people on, oh, these Bigfoot would never hurt a human. They communicate with humans with orbs and they get into your brain and Mm -hmm. they telecommute. I, you know, when I had my encounter, I didn't have any orbs. I I didn't have the the Bigfoot try to communicate with me or my my friend. But I can tell you, I was scared. Mm -hmm. You know what? Because it chased us like you wouldn't believe. And I tell you, it was screaming and all this stuff. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I want to be your friend. Yeah, I, and I heard a little bit about that. And that's curious because that's not normal. But there may have been some extenuating circumstances that we don't know about, too. Because I, I'm very open. I'm, I'll be 80 years old on the 1st of July. And I tell people if they think they have an aggressive Sasquatch, Call me, I'll come stand between them and him because I I, I have never had uh, a problem with aggression from them. Have I been made to leave an area? Yes, I have. I got into areas on, on different times where I was not welcome for one reason or other, and usually that's due to children being there. Uh, and so I just left, came back later. But I have never had a problem with it. But I know people that have. And for the most part, it, it's aggression on the people's part that started. But uh, so I'm not sure, you know, I'm not familiar with your case other than the fact that uh, I talked about it a little bit and uh, knew that it happened. But it's very easy to be afraid when you first meet one because they are very large and very big and not real pretty. Okay. And uh, I, the, my last book that I did was called the Sasquatch face to face. And in that there's 32 face to face encounters from across North America. And I have accounts there where the people were absolutely petrified. They were scared to death by this encounter. And the Sasquatch wasn't doing anything, just standing there looking at them. But you have to understand, though. comes from within ourselves. Well, yeah. If you were chased, that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we were at the... That's a totally different thing. Well, we were up at one. We were up in the Canadian Rockies, miles away from anybody. So maybe it wasn't used to humans where, you know, you go in other areas. Maybe they're kind of used to us humans walking through the bush. I don't know. Maybe we were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe it was having a fight with its spouse. But I can tell you, (laughs) when it ran after us, I tell you, it was aggressive. And when we were getting in the car, you know, it was bending a tree over like nothing. And it was screaming, uh-huh. and on top of it, this I can just every time I think about it, I remember the smell. It was like the hottest pepper in the world, mixed with feces and urine, thrown mm-hmm. together, and it was burning my lungs and burning my nose. He didn't want you there, that's for sure. Uh, that that odor thing is just like a skunk. They can turn that on, turn that off. Okay, that's that's totally under their control. Well, it got us out of the area, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's enough uh, where I'd I, never go. I, you know, I grew up, you know, going camping out in the woods, hiking 10, 15 miles mm-hmm. out like around Mount Rainier and stuff like that with my father mm-hmm. and stuff. That's what we did when I was kids. And, you know, and that's what I did with some of my kids when, you know, at one point. But after this encounter, I have never gone back in the woods. I'm terrified because, again, you know, how do you know? Again, just like humans, you got good humans, you got bad humans. So I guess maybe they got good Bigfoot and bad Bigfoot because also. I I I really think that was situational. I, I, you know, I don't can't put my finger on what the situation was. But uh, they don't allow. They don't allow uh, within their society. They don't allow attacks on us because that would be the, the quickest way to their demise. You know, as long as they're quiet and out of the way and not seen, nobody's going to go bother them. But you let one attack a human, and there would be people out there with rifles hunting them down. So uh, they avoid that very studiously. Well, you, again, uh, I yeah. heard I heard this from a real reliable source. Uh, again, this person was in law enforcement and told me deep in the woods one time, him and his uh, his partner were checking on a sighting of something, and they run ag- mm-hmm. uh, ag- against some military looking people wearing uniforms and all that stuff, carrying you know M sixteens and all this stuff. And they were instructed to leave the area. And my my acquaintance said to the whoever it was with the military uniform, well, we have jurisdiction. They go, no, you don't. We have jurisdiction. And, uh-huh. and you know, and what he was investigating was a sighting of Bigfoot in the area. Yeah. That's interesting, Mike. Uh, again, that's beyond the scope of my my studies. Uh, I know some some things have been reported that aren't true, but I've read a lot of things reported that have to be true just from the nature of who did it, just uh, because I trust them. And uh, so I know things happen, but almost like I said, uh, yours is probably the only only one I've ever worked with that I don't know enough about it to to you know to be. Uh, totally sure of what I'm saying. Well, but, I'll, uh, I can sum it up real quick. Uh, you know, me and my friend went up to the Canadian Rockies. We went to an old Japanese mm-hmm. internment camp. It was used during World War II. They held the Japanese prisoners out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And we hiked in and c- to take photographs and stuff of whatever was left. That's why we went up to the Canadian Rockies to do ghost towns, sewer, uh-huh. cemeteries, and stuff like that, to take pictures of it. And my friend goes, look across the creek over there. There's a huge bear. And, you know, he had his digital mm-hmm. camera. I had mine. I had a telephoto. He was using a wide angle. So I had the telephoto. Oh, hey, I'm going to get a picture of this huge bear. I swung around. And it was like instantly... It saw me, and it, that's when it screamed, and then it decided to charge. And I tell you, when what mm-hmm. I saw through my camera viewfinder, it was not a bear. And I'll be honest uh-huh. with you, what I saw it run was between two legs and four legs going across that creek. Right. And I tell you, it, right. it scared me like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I 
I'm sorry that you had that experience, uh, but I still think I think you got into into an area probably with children. Uh, that's generally when you get the the negative reaction, instant negative reaction, is uh, is when there's children involved. Uh, but I don't know that. You know, that's just conjecture on my part at this point. Yeah. But, well, you know, I, I, I wish I, you could. Here, here's the thing, too. My daughter, for a while, was married into. Uh, she married a gentleman from the Muckleshoot Indian Tribe. And I got okay. to know the medicine woman at the time. This is going back, oh, gee, uh, late, oh, late uh, 2000s. Oh, not late. It had been about 2004, 2005. And I was talking to her, mm-hmm. you know, about my encounter about Bigfoot. And then she said, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, and then she went into her folklore about, you know, the tribe, you know, going back a hundred and some years ago and beyond that they were sightings of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was saying that, like, the uh, women would be down at the river, for example, you know, washing their clothes. They'd have their babies with them, you know, to, to watch them. Sure. And they said a group of Bigfoot mm-hmm. would come in and either take the babies or even take the women. And then uh, they would find remains of uh their mm-hmm. members of their tribe when they went out looking for them. Now, again, there's reports of, you know, at one point these things were cannibals too. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe. That's the whole problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do know uh, in one case, for example, talking about cannibals, that changed with the coming of the white man. Uh, there's one tribe, that their tribal name for them is Salapite. And uh, that translates today as cannibal, on the, giant cannibals of the mountain. When the reading the first uh, diaries of the first mountain men, it didn't, cannibals were not involved. It was just simply giants of the mountain. But when the later white men came, white man came and wanted to settle on their lands, you know, and wanted to go into their sacred places. Oh, don't go there, but that's where Salapice lives. He, he's a cannibal. He's the, that's the cannibal of the mountain. So that changed with the with what they were trying to to uh, to prove at the time. Okay, uh, now that's just one case. That that doesn't mean they all did that, or uh, even any other did that. But that's one I have to know about. Um, 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Uh, that hasn't been the area that I worked with with them, uh, but I have I have had the ex- experience with uh, mind speech. Uh, that's regular, very common, and uh, I've had I've had uh, you know remote vision, remote viewing with them. Uh, there's just absolutely neat things that uh, that they've done with and for me. Uh, one one of my books is about talks about the healings that they've done for me. They're very accomplished healers and have some very strange things that can they can do. But they're they're to me have always been my best friends. Actually, uh, I've had one of them. Nine foot three inches tall, weighs about nine hundred and fifty pounds. Hold my hand. Now my hand disappeared down about to my elbow with his over the top of mine, but that's the relationship I've had, and that's quite a bit different than than what you've run run into. But then I spent a lot of years too developing that relationship. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a chance thing. Uh, years and years and years of of seeing them and talking to them and some wondering if they're ever going to answer even, uh, but they eventually did. So that's where we are now. That's why I've been able to write twelve books on the subject. Well, how can they? Uh, our time is virtually up. Uh, how can they find your books, Tom? Where what? Where can they find all your books? My books at? are on. Uh, they're on my website, www.tomcantrell.com, uh, including my new one. The new one will be out. It's, it's available for pre-order now, but uh, and it's called Sasquatch the Proof. And basically, it will give you uh, scientific, reproducible, irrefutable proof of their existence. Okay? Uh, it's there's two or three different mo- modes of, of to that end. One is audio and the other, another is, is body dimensions and very, very important stuff. Uh, very, very earth shaking. Now, number one, you will never get a scientific paper uh, peer reviewed. If you have the word Bigfoot or Sasquatch in it, they just won't do it. And number two, I don't have enough letters behind my name to do it to, and to begin with. <laughs> Even though I do have a degree in the science field, I don't. I'm, you know, I don't carry the the uh, letters behind my name that they do. So I, I will never do that. So my only avenue to explain to people what I've seen and what I'm lear- learning are through my books. Again, and uh, okay, because we're out of the time. Name of the, Again, uh, we're out okay, of time. The name of the new. Go ahead. The name of the new book is Sasquatch, The Proof. The t- website is www.tomcantrell.com, and it's just that simple. They're also available on uh, on Amazon, but Amazon's a little more, you know, a little harder to get to get what you what you want from. But because uh, I can't I can't sign them from Amazon, but I can sign them for from my own. Test. And I want to thank you for having me on, and uh, it's been an interesting conversation. Okay, Tom. Well, you have a good weekend. It's coming up, will you? I will do that.
Okay, my friend. You're good, Dale. You take care. Bye-bye. Well, we'll be back here right after this short break with Dan. We're going to talk about criminals, some of the craziest, stupidest, well, things they ever did and got caught and what happened to them. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio. Please give us a thumbs up. I apologize. For some reason, we had a server error problem, which dumped everything, but we're back on. Again, check our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. I wake up in the morning in this great blue state. Golden fingers caress my face. Slips through the window on a silky breeze. A dreamer's life. Plants on the sea She's my believer Healing all my doubts A lighted mirror Reflecting out Every true potential A bedrock belief In a library block Set this bird free Every element is based Every color is attached She paints pictures blue and green And I release them to the sea For the ancient memories Just as fleeting as a breeze She paints pictures blue and green And I release them to the sea Sunset, white cotton in June. Her body sings, and I join up too. All the sirens calling, the crows leave their trees. But a peace pervades us, and the dreamers dream. From every element of place, every color that's attacks, she paints pictures blue and green. And I release them to the sea for the ancient memories. Just as fleeting as a breeze, she paints pictures blue and green. And I release them to the sea. <laughs> what? Make my own fuel for less than a dollar a gallon and stop giving my money to big oil? Is that even possible? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. Uh, take a listen to this. Alcohol fuel expert and farmer David Bloom has a book. It's called Alcohol Can Be a Gas, and it shows how we can become fuel, food, and energy independent. Join the alcohol fuel revolution. Order your copy of Bloom's Guidebook today before the oligarchy, or should I say oligarchy, burns them. You have the power to be independent. Order your copy today. www.alcoholcanbeagas.com Or you can call 1-888-737-6228. That's 1-888-737-6228. Order now at alcoholcanbeagas.com. Beaming to you like a whirlwind. In syndication and on all the apps worldwide, you are listening to Night Dreams. 
Talk Radio Network. And we are back. Dan, are you there? I am here. Uh, Gary, how are you doing? I am doing good. How is your father doing? Well, thanks for asking. He is, he's doing just fine, Gary. Um, thankfully, uh, he is, he's probably asleep at this moment uh, at my brother's house. I'm on my, uh, my, my day off or my, my couple of days off, we, as, you, as you know or you may not know, um, I switch off taking care of him. So um, I'm kind of enjoying my day off and uh, was enjoying listening to uh, your prior guest, um, getting ready to come on here, but he's doing just fine. He's he's looking forward, Gary, to um to his to to his sister coming to visit, uh, somebody he hasn't seen in uh in in uh you know since before COVID. So and and he does you know he doesn't even remember the last time he saw her. So he's looking forward to that, and we're also looking forward to that. That is really interesting. Now, any of his other you know family members like his sister. How is her attention? Does she have any of the same traits that what he's going through? Uh, great question. Um, his sister, his, his only living sibling, is about 10 years younger than him. So she's about 80. And uh, from what I can tell, you know, she has other, other ailments, but I, I, she just seems completely with it. Um, but, you know, at 80, my dad was still pretty with it as well. Um, but as far as we're keeping our fingers crossed with my auntie Linda, <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> what are you smoking, <laughs> Dan? What are you smoking there? I, I, I'm smoking nothing. Gary. I'm, I'm joking. I'm because joking. I, I, <laughs> I know. Well, you, you could have been right. Uh, it, was, it was a good guess, but uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm uh-ohing because, as, as I know, the last time we spoke, you were just getting over COVID, and um, and, and you, you just—I think you had it a few, day, a day, few days prior to, uh, to to that particular show. And my wife came back from Tennessee <coughs> two days ago, and uh, she tested positive for COVID the day she got back. So we've been kind of separated in the house but anytime i get a little cough so i'm hoping it's from something that we smoked earlier so <laughs> well, i'm hoping for you too you don't want covid i have had it three times and that's enough hey how often uh, when you have your father how many times a day does he ask where his checkbook is um uh, he probably asks he you know on, on a on a normal day he might ask where his checkbook is 50 times um, he may ask where his keys are 50 times. He may ask, uh, where is, um, you know, where his, uh, where his car is, where his house is, where his, where, well, of course, where his checkbook is, but where is, where is, you know, where is, where is Josh? Where are his kids? Maybe, you know, you, maybe 50 times in a day, you know, from, from the beginning of the morning to the end. Um, and, and a lot of those may come in, you know, really, a condensed period of time, you know, an hour, you may ask 30 times and you're just sitting there, you know, maybe 15 seconds apart. So it can get repetitive, but you know, that again, that's, that's not, that's taking care of, uh, of dealing with repetitiveness and dealing with my dad's issues are typically not the problem with taking care of them. The problem comes in when I am dealing with something else or I am overly stressed or, on the phone or I could be on a talk radio show and he's coming in and he's asking questions. 
those are when it gets really difficult to deal. But, you know, as far as repetitiveness, it's just kind of like you, you just zoned it out. You know, I just kind of respond to him like a robot. And I, if you let it bother you, you, you would, it would eat at you all day. But um, it's more, you know, if I try and keep myself uh, in, in good condition and taking days off from, from caring for him certainly helps uh, where I get to recuperate and have a much longer fuse when I have him. Well, I could just imagine, and, and don't take this wrong. Here it is Saturday night. You're going to bed early with your wife, and you're not going to watch TV, if you know what I mean. And somebody knocks on the door. Hey, you know where my checkbook is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, even um, we, we've dealt, we had to, we've had to deal with that. Not as, you know, not as bad as that, but um, he definitely can uh, interrupt you at awkward times. Now, you know, mind you, he is conscious of that. So, you know, if he opened the door and, you know, there was, it was dark and something was going on, he would shut the door. He is still, you know, he, he's still aware that people live. And when he gets up, he doesn't realize that he has any kind of problem. He thinks he's walking in on two people. He probably wouldn't know who it is. He's probably coming in to ask where he is, but uh, he would be conscious and he would realize he's not in somebody's house and he would shut the door. Um, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the bigger problem is, you know, when you, you're in bed and the bathroom is behind your, behind your bed and he's looking for something in the bathroom. And there may be, you know, three or four drawers and then a couple of cabinets in the bathroom. And when he starts looking through the first drawer, by the time he gets to the third or fourth drawer, he's forgotten that he went was that he's looked in the first drawer. So he will go around the circle of, you know, opening and closing these drawers and cabinets. And, you know, we were sitting there in bed, just, you know, kind of tense, a little bit tense, looking there, thinking, God, please stop, please stop, please stop. And it can go on. Sometimes he stops. Sometimes it just goes on and on and on until one of us has to get up. And, you know, that, that can get tiring, especially if we're exhausted. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of same problem, you know, then we'll have the dog will start barking at something outside and won't stop barking. So things can start to add up for sure, Gary, but, um, you know, as long as, uh, as long as I'm doing okay and I'm feeling good, I can deal with, I can deal with it all. Well, you know, again, you have to look at it. You know, he, he's able to function. You know, he's able to take care of himself. So, I mean, you know, and, and he's rational. So, I mean, you, you you got a lot going for you. Now, you're a criminal attorney. I I, I am a criminal attorney. Okay. And, and I know you, you're going to ask me about all of these crazy stories um, throughout my career, which there are some. I mean, like with every every attorney, and I've stories that I've heard. I first want to give a preface out that anything I talk about may or may not be my client. It may be a client of somebody that I've worked with. Um, I'm just not going to be too specific about uh, uh, things. I've worked and I've seen a lot um, and I've I've experienced a lot, but I just want to put that out there. So I may talk, um, I may talk about somebody in the first person as my client. That doesn't necessarily mean that that was my client um, and I'm just going to put that preface out there for any time I'm talking about my practice. I might be talking about real thing. I might be talking about something I've seen. I might be talking about something I've heard. Um, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But, Gary, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to tell my stories when in, against the backdrop of what we've been able to witness ourselves in on TV, you know, just in the last couple of months with, you know, starting with the Brooks trial is certainly 
crazier than anything I've ever seen, witnessed, or you know, even ever ever heard of. And I got to to watch it firsthand um, on on TV, on TikTok. Did you get Did you get an opportunity to see any of that crazy? I uh, I watched very short of it. It was too. It was just bizarre. Totally bizarre. It was quite. It's quite bizarre, and it shows. Um, you know, the, the fragility, the fragility of, of our criminal justice system, I guess. Um, while we have a great system, it kind of shows, and I guess it's, you, can, you could kind of extrapolate from this onto the larger government itself. Our, our government, and certainly our judicial system, is really dependent on people adhering to the custom and the lore and the, you know, and the rules uh, that people typically uh, adhere to in the course of, of adjudications or proceedings or going to court. Um, if, you know, when people stop respecting the process and stop, you know, participating and just mock the process, it can be, it can be really difficult, you know, to, uh, to, to, to give people their due process that they're guaranteed under a constitution or to allow people you know, to really take the rights that they have and exploit them to such an extent that it makes a mockery of the whole system. And I think that's kind of what we saw with this Brooks trial. And, and for the people that anyone who, any listeners that don't know, it's a gentleman that, 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 that drove his car into a number of people at a Christmas parade and was adjudicated competent enough to stand trial. And he was representing himself with no legal counsel. And he, he clearly had no respect for the judge, for the jury, for the, for the process, for the system, for the participants, for the victims, for the victim's family. It was quite an abhorrent show um, of, of what our judicial system is like. And the, the requirement that the, uh, that the judge, you know, bend over backwards to give him every single uh, courtesy and every, you know, as much leeway as you can possibly give in every situation to avoid, you know, this person trying to bring up issues, you know, to give, give the person issues on appeal. And, um, it was, it was outrageous. It was, people were angry. Um, I will tell you, uh, there was something like 70 to 80 counts, uh, that, that people had to go through and the jury got the, got the, 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 the case, uh, like at six o'clock at night, and the next morning, they, he was he was guilty of the worst, the, 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 the you know the the most um, the, the, the worst part of every of every count, you know, intentional homicide, you know, count one, first degree, um, these you know the, the worst, the, the, the severe penalties they could impose. The jury imposed on this guy in a very brief period of time. In fact, I think that's the only. Well, argument the guy I think I was on appeal is how could a reasonable jury, um, you know, come to a conclusion or on uh, almost eighty counts in in the time you know it almost takes more time to sign the damn forms <laughs> than uh, than deliberating. But uh, I, I think a, <laughs> I don't think that case is getting touched on appeal. But it was crazy to watch. Well, you know, Dan, one thing is you know no one should try defending themselves on a especially a criminal case, never. And also never, never believe what the police say if you get arrested. Never give a statement till you talk to your attorney and, you know, go over everything with your attorney. And don't take a lie detector test because they will say, tell me if I'm wrong. 
But they'll say, well, you know what? If you take a lie detector test and we'll let you go afterwards. Yeah, you know, they're just going to try to find. Isn't a lie detector more used to find more information against you? I mean, a lie detector test is one tool uh, in a number of tools that the police could could attempt to use. It's not quite, you know, it's it's not a lie detector. Results from lie detector tests are not generally admissible in court. So even if they find that you are telling the truth, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, if. I mean, here's a general rule: we can, we can, we can cut all the crap. We don't, have, we don't have to, we don't have to get into lie detectors. We don't have to get into questioning. There is just a general rule, and you don't have to be, uh, uh, but a second day, first year law student to know this rule is that you say absolutely nothing to the police if you are, if you're, if you're contacted, um, and you are, you are a suspect, or they're looking at you for you say absolutely nothing. Uh, to the police at all. Um, and that is just a general rule. And there's only one real exception that I can think of uh, off the top of my head. As a general rule, you say nothing, whether you've committed a crime, whether you haven't committed a crime, you just say absolutely nothing um, unless there's an urgent need for you. You know, like what way did the person, you know, cops are running, what way did the person holding the gun run, the smoking gun, you know, you obviously point them in the right direction. But if they're asking you questions about yourself, you absolutely say nothing. Um, well, you ask for an attorney immediately. Uh, I think we've you've lost a few rights, I think, just in the last week as far as uh, your, your Miranda rights anyway. But you typically, you, you have the right not to incriminate yourself. And you can incriminate yourself with the most benign statements um, because you simply don't know what the evidence is going to be later on and you may say something that seems totally benign like well i sat down and tied my 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 left shoelace uh and and i got up and then um it turns out that uh you know uh, you weren't wearing a you know a shoelace at that particular time you had a shoelace you know who knows what it is but it can seem benign and it can come back to to, to hurt you later so you say absolutely nothing and you don't have you don't have to worry about it and the, the exception that i'm going to give as uh, um, and, and I've seen it happen. If 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 you if if my wife is missing, right? If, if my my wife goes missing and she's was due back at ten o'clock, or or uh, uh, she's there's there's evidence that uh, that that you know there's been an abduction at the house. Someone broke in. And my wife is missing, or my kid is missing. It doesn't really matter. The, the the first people the police are going to look at is the closest people. So if it's your wife, they're going to look at the husband. They're going to look at the family. They're going to look at the parents. Those are the very first people they're going to look at. And if my wife is truly missing and um, and the police are coming at me and they need to rule me out, I am an open book at that point. I'm whatever you need. You know, come on in, camp out. You know, you can, you can go looking through my closets. I don't care. Whatever you need, rule me out. I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Rule me out as fast as you can rule me out. So you can find the, uh, the, the 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 real, real, the real, the real dude. Now, here's the thing: I used to know somebody who worked for the law enforcement who gave lie detector tests, and what he told me is the what they do besides you know trying to find out if you were involved in it, they ask you a whole bunch of other questions that they can turn around and give to the you know the detectives, you know, to try to build a case and ask you other questions to try to implicate you into it. Well, sure. Uh, and, you know, they can ask you what, whatever they want on that lie detector. Did you steal the money? Did you walk into the room? Did you have a set of keys that day? Anything they ask you, I mean, it's would be obviously 
nobody should should submit to a lie detector test to an ex- even an examination or question um, without having a lawyer present. And 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 I'm going to say this with some confidence that I'm fairly sure that once you get the lawyer, you're not going to be making a statement either. You're just not. You just you know, you're given uh, the Constitution um, requires that, that, that any governmental agency, state, federal government, local government, uh, before they can can deprive you of your your life, your liberty, your property, they need to prove allegations against you uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And you you don't you're not compelled to provide evidence against yourself. So um, it, it's it doesn't make sense. You don't have to provide. Um, uh, exculpatory evidence. You, you just have to not provide anything. And if they have no, uh, if they don't have the evidence to prove whatever charge they're alleging beyond a reasonable doubt, then um, you are going to walk on that case. And I can tell you that, I mean, I'm, I won't throw any percentages out, but a very, very large percentage of cases, including most of the cases that I've dealt with during the course of my career, the people um, end up on the wrong side of a conviction out of their own mouth. In other words, their own words are used against them almost always um, in, 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 you know, in cases, whether it be a trial, plea bargains, what have you, it is their own words that are typically the strongest evidence that the police have against them. So my advice would be obviously, and, and the, you know, the real criminals know this and the real criminals don't give statements. And so the police have to build the cases themselves. Interesting. What is one of the most stupidest, criminals you ever had to deal with or knew somebody you had to deal with. I mean, it was so stupid that when you went back home, you were laughing. Dumbest criminal you ever or knew somebody it represented. All right. All right. I'll I'll, I'll give you a a fairly interesting story. So there, and and I'll, and I'll tell it in the first person. Um, So I have this client. um, He was a big, big kind of oafy guy. And um, he had a girlfriend and um, he he uh, got angry at the girlfriend and um, there was an altercation. And um, in any event, without get, getting into details, uh, he was charged with attempted murder. There was an assault of some kind and a charge of attempted murder that was related to some kind of, you know, bug spray. Like somebody spraying bug spray at you, you know, with the intent of attempting to, you know, to, to harm you or to kill you uh, via poison with bug spray. That's the allegation. That's the charge. Uh, and and this this gentleman has, had been cohabitating with this person for quite a while, and um, and as this is, is, is we'll tell it in the first person, it's my client, and I'm dealing with the uh, with, with the victim in this case because the victim is they're, they're just they they live in the same household, they share the same bills. He's the one with with an income wherever it came from, disability. I don't remember where it came from, uh, and and she was you know, basically the primary witness against this person. And, um, I was as, as the defense attorney, um, normally I, you know, I'm, I want to do the best I can for my client. And sometimes that involves, um, you know, talking to witnesses or being involved with even this, especially in a domestic case, I may have interaction with the, the witness in the case. I just, you know, they, and oftentimes they'll initiate, you know, they want to help They blah, blah, biscuit. Um, and in, in this particular instance, um, th- th- there was still a lot of animosity between the two, but I kind of made sure that the victim was, was, was still taken care of while this, this, this the defendant was being held in, in custody. Uh, and 
the you know the victim had continued to get the money to pay the rent or the, the mortgage, whatever it was, and continued to live and exist while this process was going on. And that can impact the way that the victim interacts with uh, with the prosecution in the case, you know, for sure. Um, I certainly never cross any ethical lines or ethical boundaries, but certainly the way that, you know, that they that they believe they're being treated by the defendant and the domestic situation can impact the cooperation level of the victim. Well, um, during the course of the of the adjudication, um, this particular defendant had, had a three-year offer out there, but there was a test that was being conducted, and I believe it was a saliva test from the victim, um, and they were looking for remnants of, of, of a particular poison, I guess whatever poison happened to be in whatever can was recovered or allegedly used to commit the act. And, uh, and, and, and there was an offer that was communicated to me, and I knew the DA. We actually went to law school together, um, if this was my case. And um, we, were, you know, we were buddies in law school, and we knew each other. And there was an offer that, uh, the, the, that the defendant would do a year in county if the test came back negative for the poison and um and and the, and the test was conducted and before the the, the hearing took place the, the guy came over to me the da he told me in the hall he said yeah dude um you know this is what's going to happen i'm giving you a heads up the uh the, the test came back inconclusive which means they couldn't tell either way um, but the, my boss and I, you know, I went to it and, and my boss won't let me give you the year because it's not negative. So the deal was negative. This is inconclusive. And, you know, of course, from the defense perspective, inconclusive should be the same as negative, but in, in any event, it wasn't. So that's the same three years was on the table and they weren't willing to budge. Well, we went back into the courtroom and this, my, my defense, my guy's sitting there and the, the hearing unfolds just the way uh, the person described and, and I looked over and, and my client just had a, a complete and utter breakdown in the courtroom, starts pounding on the table, you know, in front of everybody, just, just, you can see he's completely out of control. And you can imagine when you're charged with an assault, it's not the image you want to provide to, uh, and he's in his orange thing. It's not the image you want to provide. And, you know, eventually I'm calm down and he, um, that particular defendant, you know, basically, told everybody that day that, you know, he was perfectly capable of doing whatever the hell it was he was charged of. And, you know, as before, and you're in the middle of negotiations to try and resolve your case. So in any event, he didn't get a better deal. He fired me, hired a different attorney. Uh, and that attorney ended up taking him to going to trial and he lost in about 15 years. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that was, a, that was a dumb thing to do. He did, he did come, about 12 years later, he did come into my office and, uh, after he got out well, over 13 years, I don't know how, even how he got out as quick as he did, but it was a, it's a strike. And so you're supposed to be 85% of your time, but he, he actually came meandering into my office for the first time. Cause when I, when I first got hired, he was of course in, in custody, you know, he wasn't out. So, and he walked in and he, he said, I should have stayed with you. Um, and yeah. I, oh, and yeah, and the, one of the other things, when he hired the new attorney, I, I left this, I left this part out. He kind of, you know, he kind of, he was, you know, kind of a, a, a rough and tough. Hey, man, you, you don't, 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 why are you paying that? Why are you paying her anything? You know, kind of thing. Let's cut her off, which, which turned the victim from being a fairly, you know, cooperating with the defense to very pro prosecution. Uh, before the guy took him to trial and then he lost and got 15 years. Um, so that, that happened. I didn't think that was very smart. Um, but, 
certainly nothing close to the level of what what I saw uh, uh, on the courtroom in the past month with with Mr. Brooks. Uh, yeah. That was a fun one. There, there, I have an interesting case. If you're, if, if it was a fraud case, that is more interesting than kind of wasn't the guy wasn't stupid. He almost may have been a little, you know, kind of crazy smart. But the case involved um, a, a grant deed. So the grant deed, somebody had, was dying. I think it was an older person. I don't remember the exact facts. And again, this may not even be my case. I don't know. But um, this particular person, there was a, a, a like a it was a client of this person, and, and it was this person is in a minority community. And and what happens in a lot of minority communities, a lot of the 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 the, the minorities, they don't oftentimes speak English very well. Some of the, you know, the new, um, it, we're here in California, we get a lot of, of new immigrants here. And so you'll have these very respected people within these minority communities that people will go to for all sorts of things, ranging from immigration issues to you know, criminal issues, tax issues, whatever they are, they'll go to somebody who has like a network of their own. Anyway, um, it was some kind of weird relationship like that. Uh, and somebody, some old person had granted a, given a house to somebody, um, and under fairly suspicious circumstances. And so the victim of, the, of whoever the house was supposed to go to obviously reported it. And, uh, and, and this particular person gets arrested, call it my client, my client gets arrested, um, for, um, for forgery, for, uh, for fraud, for, you know, basically stealing a house. And, um, that case is, you know, fairly straightforward case. It's a, it's a blue collar, you know, case. Someone's probably pretty, you know, typical. He said, she said, let's, we'll get to the bottom of it. And as they were investigating the case, um, I get a call from the DA district attorney and says, uh, you're, um, maybe, you know, about two months into it. I'm not thinking anything about it. And I get a call from the DA says, your client's been arrested. Um, and I said, what for, you know, my client was arrested. What for what? I mean, it's a blue collar case. Typically they don't get arrested. You know, if you're, you're into drugs and things, it's quite often that clients will pick up multiple cases while they're defending a case, but not as often with blue collar cases like this. And anyway, the guy got to, what did he get arrested for? And then he read me off the code section and I'm, it was, I'm thinking, I've never heard that of that code section ever before. What the hell? I had to look it up. I look it up and it's something like, um, uh, you know, disgracing a grave site. Um, so <laughs> apparently what this person did, they, they had this, the conveyance of the land and it was notarized, you know, and it requires a thumbprint when you notarize. Uh, so that, that was the one, I guess, one part of the the process that they could, that the notary couldn't get was the thumbprint of the dead person. So somebody got the idea that they were going to dig this body up <laughs> and get, thumbprint on the notary and so it you know a, a, a straight fraud case turned into this crazy uh and, and i didn't end up finishing that case he got you got there was when you know he ended up i i was he had lied to me and i i was i, I couldn't even continue to to represent him at that point so i don't even know what happened but uh that was kind of a strange phone call i'll tell you that yeah, he is digging up a corpse and getting their thumbprint. I got to ask you a question. You are quite famous on TikTok. I mean, you got a big listenership and, and viewership on it. How's it going on TikTok? Do you ever get frustrated? I got banned last week uh, for 30 days because I put something up. We had a, a professor coming on our show to talk about nuclear war. What would happen? 
So I just put it up on TikTok, and boom, they banned me for 30 days. My gosh. Um, that has been a real issue for people, um, and whether it be politics or, or what have you. The problem that I found with TikTok, and, and it really does limit what I can do on TikTok, the fact that um, you know, it's an app that, that is used by billions and billions of people around the world. And, and, and it's a video app, as you know, and you, you know, people can put whatever the hell they want up. And, you know, TikTok certainly doesn't have, you know, millions of workers to view billions of videos that are, you know, posted every, you know, multiple videos every second of every day from all over the world. It's just an enormous amount of videos. So they rely heavily on, on reporting. And that gives an enormous amount of power to, you know, a certain group of people that do nothing more than want to go on and mass report. It doesn't take a whole lot. You can, you know, accuse you of whatever and, and get videos that are taken down. They're taken down without anybody reviewing them. And, and the bans are issued before they're reviewed. They don't even get reviewed until someone makes an appeal. So, you know, if, 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 if there's 10 people that don't like you, and you put a video up or they don't like your content or the direction that they don't like paranormal, whatever your, whatever it is that you're selling, if they don't like it, they can take you down just by having 10 or 20 people mass report your video and say, you know, you're, you're violating some kind of community guideline. And instead of, you know, being innocent until proven guilty, you're guilty until proven innocent. And oftentimes you don't even have the opportunity to prove your innocence. So well, that's the, really frustrating. It, it is. And, you know, it's still regardless. It, people don't realize every bit of that information you're sharing on TikTok. It's still owned by a Chinese company. They changed changed hands, but it's still controlled by a Chinese company. And I was reading an article the other day that I mean, all this information about, you know, people put on and credit card information, because, you know, here's what I noticed about TikTok. You know, if you want more people, what happens is the first couple of times you go viral and, you, and thousands of people will see what you do. And then as slowly they throttle it down to less and less and less as you get really more popular. They got a cure for it. Well, you can pay this amount of money to get more viewers. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, they they do offer that. And, and, and they, you know, I, I think that at some point, you know, the, the, the larger creators, the ones with, you know, multiple millions of viewers, um, they, I mean, they drive, they drive, you know, 80 or 90% of the content of the views on TikTok, and that's where they're making the money. Um, or, or I think sometimes with, with battles too, but I, I think that, that TikTok needs to get better at, and, and whether, you know, whether it's Chinese, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I'm looking at it not from like what, what kind of information is being gathered by the Chinese, who knows what they're gathering from, you know, just, just the, the commercial value of what they're picking up, you know, just in the algorithm and knowing what you're watching and what you're not watching and where that information is stored. I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting into any of that. I'm just saying with regard to what gets views and what, what makes the algorithm move or put you out there and what doesn't um, is, uh, is, is what's really, you know, what's really interesting. And, and, and you, you, there's a lot of people that suspect there's some kind of suppression going on, like you're saying, where, you know, they're going to suppress you, give you a little taste of something. And then, you know, if you want more, you're going to have to pay for it. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I, I don't believe that's their business model, but their business model is flawed because the very techniques that they're using to, um, 
to you know to try and, and self police or using the the viewers to police the the content and the appropriateness of the content uh, causes the creators to you know to to not create and to not you know push the envelope and to really you know circumvent um sort of circumscribe what you're gonna what you're gonna put out there for instance. Um, I, my, my wife and I, and she also has a channel, um, and, you know, we would go live quite a bit and that is a moneymaker for TikTok when, when people give, you know, all those little fancy things like, you know, ducks pop up on the screen or, you know, universes or cowboy hats or that's, those are all that people pay for those. And TikTok, I think takes a, a large percentage of that, sixty or 70, whatever it is. I, I don't, I don't know what the percentages are, but I know most of it goes to TikTok and like, and we would get quite a bit of, of people would, would get things while we were doing our lives, especially if I had my dad, you know, who's the real star of my, my channel. And he's the real, you know, he's the person that just, that gave me the platform I have people like, so people will give the, you know, they'll send, they'll give them cowboy hats and, and TikTok makes money. But because I don't want to jeopardize a, you know, a giant platform uh, because, you know, 10 people might not like me. Um, it, it makes me, it, I, I can't, I can't get on and go live as much. So TikTok is not making as much revenue as they otherwise would, because I think this, the creators are scared to get on and, and lose potentially what they've, you know, what they built over a year or two or three years. Well, I have you a- get to over a million, it, it takes, it takes time. I had a, a friend who was making $6,000 a month off of TikTok. And he was really ecstatic. Oh he, he was really ecstatic. And so he went out and bought all this new equipment. And, you know, he was getting 20,000, 30,000 views every time he went on. And then all of a sudden it went from like 30,000, 60,000 down to like a hundred or less. And that's when he got a hold no, of me. That, that is. That's not, I mean, that, that doesn't, that, that's unnatural because, you know, for instance, um, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs of the algorithm. You know, I don't really know. It's all speculation based on, you know, just that what I've seen while I've been for, for, for every video I put out, I get to see, and I can look at the demographics of who's looking at it, who's a follower, who's not, and you know, how many non-followers TikTok's putting it out to. And you know, typically, I, I'm the better videos, the ones that I would think would do better, typically do, and they're typically, you know, something that has some kind of drama or, you know, some, some you know, the the more seedy videos will do better than the, you know, happy-go-lucky videos, unfortunately. But um, there are certainly, I've certainly noticed a drop in, um, in in the number of views of videos that should do well. So, and again, I don't know whether that's just people losing interest or, you know, a, 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 a drop or it's TikTok. I just kind of, I don't look at it. I look at, at followers and they continue to, they continue to roll in. So I'm assuming that, um, that, that, you know, at least the videos are, are getting out to new people. Oh, that's important. You know, the guy, the walking dead, Nagin, the, the guy with the Lucille, the baseball bat, did you ever watch The Walking Dead? I, I have not. That's a television show, right? Yeah, it was on for about 12 seasons. And he is really famous, and he gets on TikTok every day. And that's one thing. I was chatting with him back here about two months ago, uh, you know, off of TikTok. And he said that's the same thing. He would get tens and tens of thousands of people. And then it started dropping down to, like, hundreds. 
So, I mean, and it, seems, is, it seems like what they do is that, they, they take you for a while and let it throttle with a huge amount of, and then they start cutting you down more and more. And I'll be honest with you, Facebook is the same way. You know, you put something up on Facebook and only a few small people see it. And a lot of people don't realize that you got 5,000 friends on Facebook and you post something like, hey, tonight's show is such and such, right? And then you look and only 40 people seen it out of 5,000. But they got a cure for it. Well, you know what? If you pay thirty dollars, yeah. then then you know two thousand people see it. You pay a hundred dollars, this amount of people. You pay three hundred, this amount of people. That's what I'm starting to see with TikTok. What I am frustrated on is two things, and I'll I'll sum it up real quick, and I won't waste your time on it. One is being in broadcasting, going on fifty years now. I hear all these people playing music, and none of the royalties are going to the you know, to the record companies, to the person who wrote the song. And, and TikTok is allowing it to happen. So these people are playing music without in violation of copyrights. That's number one. Number two is back here a few months ago when my grandson, who is now nine years old, was looking at TikTok and he was, you know, kind of like foaming of the mouth. And, and we went over and looked at what he was looking at. He was looking at nude women on TikTok. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I have not seen that there. I did not know that you could <laughs> now again, you know, TikTok's going to take you to what you, you know, they have, they, they are sneaky. What, what I, what I find interesting about TikTok is they really get to know what you like and what you don't because they don't measure, you know, they, they know what you like, obviously, and they know what videos you might, you know, share or what have you. But the most important thing and the most important criteria, I believe, and again, I, I don't for, for your listeners, I have I don't know any of this to be true. I am just merely speculating like everybody else about the big, you know, the, the unknown uh, TikTok algorithm. But I believe that the primary criteria is length of time that you and number of times that you watch videos. So I think if you know if you're watching videos of, of naked women or you know, scantily clad women, and you're staying on it, regardless of whether you like it or not, or, or interact with the video, it knows. And that's what's going to give you more and more of what you want. And, you know, if you're into politics, and you're listening to those, it's going to give you more and more of that. And it, it gets behind, you know, we all know when we like something, I mean, everyone knows that, you know, you, you, you think, am I, you know, if I like that, if I press that button, you know, everyone's going to know or, you know, people will know that I'm liking that. Or if I comment on that, they're going to they're going to know that I'm, you know, what my views are. So people can, you know, alter that and not be completely honest. But what they are honest with is the amount of time they spend looking at the, the material on the video. And that's why I think TikTok hits the home run and gives people what they want. And, and hence generates the popularity that people, the viewers are, you know, what. What, what drive the creators, right? I look at the number of views and go, okay, that's pretty interesting. There's that many people watching that video. So I'm going to make another one. And if the views died off and died off, I suspect the creators would fall off as well. So by giving viewers what they want, I think TikTok's accomplishing and kind of, you know, they're, it's, you know, like you have an economics, you have trickle down. Well, TikTok is like viewer up. And, you know, they're putting their, they put the power into the viewer with the reporting and the self-policing. And I think that's their models. They're going to, they're going to cater to the viewer and, you know, creator, they're, they're going to come. They're going to, because the, because the view, you know, they will come to where the viewers are. 
that's my my personal opinion. Yeah, and what is the <laughs> what is the name of what you put on? And I know Danielle. Why don't you, you go ahead and plug hers too? Oh yeah, Danielle. So, um, well, first of all, you can find the easiest plug is salingerfarm.com. Salingerfarm.com has a link to my everything: Instagram, my TikTok, Danielle's TikTok, and everything else is on salingerfarm.com. So that's the only plug I have to give, Gary. Okay, I got to ask you a question because I see the word farm in it. Do you have a farm? Um, we <laughs> we we are on two acres in a you know, quasi-residential, you know, place where some people have horses and goats and things. And we happen to have a, seven cats, two dogs, and a pig. So we call it the farm. And we've had ducks here from time to time. We, we, our pool once was inundated with ducks, and I literally started to turn green until my wife just threw a fit, and then I had to remove them. Try catching ducks, by the way, out of the pool. It's not <laughs> easy. I had to remove them to a, a local pond. So we kind of have a – and I'm looking at a cat right now. We have a lot of animals, and so we just kind of – the farms just seems to fit. How big a pig is it? Um, she – She's a big pig. Now, if anyone who's curious can go look at TikTok. Millie Pig is in uh, a number of videos. You have to you have to scroll, to scroll down, but especially the earlier videos. But she's in there. She's a couple hundred pounds. You know, Danielle brought home this pig, and it's, it's supposed to be what's called a teacup pig. <laughs> and I'm imagining something, you know, you know, thirty, forty pounds, you know, running around the house with a little head squeaking and oinking around. But no, this is looks like a giant monster of a pig. And you're, you, you know, you were talking about Bigfoots earlier. I'm this is this would scare any Bigfoot, you know, out of the, in, the state of Washington completely. This pig, you're just looking at it, would scare the living crap out of anybody. She has turned from this cute, uh, supposed to be teacup pig into a 200 pound milli pig. And uh, while she's a sweet pig, and and uh, and I love her to death, um, she's not very pretty. Well, yeah, pretty pretty. again, a, a friend of mine had you know again they they got lied to because they didn't know anything. Just like one of the goats we have, because I got you know we got horses and goats and stuff, and you know I didn't know much about goats. We had a couple you know mini goats that were small. And, you know, we one of them passed away, so we went and got this goat, and the lady said, oh, this is a mini goat, you know, and it was a baby, and we got it. Well, it was, ended up being a full-size goat, uh, but I, I, I tell you, it, 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 you don't want a full-size goat. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and that ghost can be tough. Yeah, well, I, I I have to use a walking uh, a walker and a cane from what the damage that goat did to me a couple of years ago, and I won't even go into that. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was getting off my motorcycle. The goat managed to get out of the the, the horse pen and decided to ram me a couple times. And wow. we're talking a full An size angry goat. Angry goat. It's yeah. got horns. Oh it's yeah. Horns? Yeah, it has horns. The devil. Yeah. The devil. Yeah. That's what it That's is. That's scary. That's scary, Gary. But I was going to yeah, say. We have no goats. Yeah, no goats. My, my friend, though, got this little pig a couple years ago. And again, it was assured. It would not get any bigger than like a, a toy poodle. Well, it must That's weigh right. about 300 pounds. I, I, it, it's smart. I mean, you go over to the person's house, the goat comes and greets you and. And, you know, once you pet it and all this stuff, and it's really intelligent, but, I mean, it's ugly as you know what. It, 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 Millie is, they are smart. 
I mean, they are literally smarter than the dogs. There's no question about it. Um, but they, and but they, what they don't tell you, yeah, you can keep them small if you don't feed them. Yeah. But they will continue to eat and eat and eat and eat whatever you feed them, and they will gobble it down. I mean, like you know, I'll, I'll cook, if, if you took a burrito from you know one of those giant burritos. Well, heck, you know, on TikTok they have these contests. You know, if you can eat a you know eight pound burrito and in two minutes, you win $60,000. I mean, this pig could eat that eight-pound burrito in about 10 seconds. You know, you would just gobble it down, and it would continue to eat until its food's gone. And it eats fast and eats everything, and they will continue to grow as long as you feed them. So, and we, you know, we just, <laughs> I guess we're... Uh, we're, we're, we're just a bit too generous with our, with the portions with the mother bed, but she's big pig. She's probably pushing 300 kids. Yeah. You, really? know, you can't, yeah, you know, you can't move them pigs around, right? That pig's never going to the vet because how do you get it to the vet? You'd have to, you'd have to, you know, it doesn't listen to you. It won't, not, you know, I can't put it on a leash and, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's never bitten anybody, but I, I've had it accidentally, you know, I, I've had my hand close enough to know that, you don't want to be anywhere near that thing's chompers because, wow, that thing can, that can, you know, it can gobble. It's like a, you know, you could feed it metal and would just chomp it up and eat it. I don't know. It's a shark teeth or something in there. But you're, you can't get that damn pig onto a car to get to that. We have to have somebody, the, the person who clips its nails, she travels around the country doing it and she comes over. She's like a pig whisperer. She's on TikTok too. I forget what her name is. But she, you know, she, she flips that pig over on his back and just get, has has her way with the, with the pig. She knows just what to do, but now the pig knows her. So it's a challenge. You know, she has to, we have to kind of sneak her in so the pig can't see her because the pig's smart, you know, it, you know, you get it the first time, but you, it's tough to get the pig, you know, if, for, for, you know, if you, the pig learns its lesson. And so we have to sneak her in and she flips the pig over and she can clip its nails. That's about the only, only person I know that has any control over that pig at all. Well, you know, we have many. Don't hor- get a pig. Yeah, we have many horses, and I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. And I got signs that says, "Don't pet the horses." And one day, you know, I, I managed to catch a lady. She was, you know, trying to give a horse something to eat when she was making a delivery. And I, I said, "Do you like your hand? Do you like your fingers?" And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, if you put your hand out there, it's, it, it's not going to, de- you know, whatever you're trying to give the horse, it, it could take your fingers right with it. Yeah, they, they can. They can. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> what, what were you doing with this horse? I mean, I've, we, uh, we, uh, when I was when I was when I was in college, I rented a, a room in a house from, from a, actually a friend of mine's mom divorced and she was renting rooms out near a college to, to get by. And I rented one of those rooms and she was on a couple of acres and had, had a, a mini horse. And I used to feed the horse apples, but I was pretty careful not to get my, not to get my fingers caught up in there. Well, another thing I can but, tell you about a mini horse and a lot of people don't realize that they, their kick, if they kick you and rear and kick you is more powerful than a full size yeah. horse. And I remember yep. one time, like an idiot, I was behind the horse. And I'll tell you what, for about a week, I sounded like my wife. Oh, no, it got you? It got me. And I'll tell you what, my voice went from oh, this to no. the high, like Tiny Tim, instantly. It was like, and it, it, oh. seriously. 
Well, oh, I mean that that can be really dangerous. In fact, you know, now that you mention it, it was it was a mini horse. It can it, the na- its name was Candy. Gene was the owner of the horse, and 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 now you mentioned that was one what absolutely we had the warning. You do not stand anywhere near the back of that horse because it could just at any time just get you, and it wouldn't it wouldn't take your fingers off if you feed it an apple, but you did not you would not you could not stand behind that thing, and it got. Jeez, I know exactly what you're talking about. That is not pleasant. Well, you know, I didn't know anything because we bought this property. And again, it's a couple acres of cedar trees. And we did, my kids wanted a horse. So we ended up with three horses and a goat, a couple goats, actually, and, and other critters. And I, I tell you, I was naive. I knew nothing about it. So here we put in this huge, you know, pen, you know, and they can go in between some of the trees. It's a large pen. Okay. And I, you know, they ate all the grass. It was there originally. So like an idiot, I go bring a bag of grass seed. And I think, okay, the horses are really loving. You know, they, they'll, they'll come up and, you know, give you a kiss and all that stuff if you don't have food. Now, the mistake I had is I had these grass seed and I was throwing it down. Well, one of the horses decided, hey, I want to eat it. I barely got out of that pen. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're big animals. I mean, you know, and, and you as you as you as you learn with a goat, I mean, animals can be dangerous. They're 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 not domesticated animals. I mean, horses should be, but you know, if you I guess if you know how to, if you're a horse person, yeah. they scare that. I mean, they're big animals. And they scare me. Yeah, well, you know, I'd rather have a pig and a goat any day. Well, Dan, our time is up. I want to thank you so much for coming on. Maybe we can get you on again in the next couple of months, and you can tell us how your dad is doing. And I, I would tell you to say hi to your dad for me, and you can, but I doubt if you'll remember after you say it. Gary, I, I will definitely tell, tell him hi, and uh, and I'd be happy to come back on anytime you ask me. So I uh, appreciate your, your having me on, and uh, you and Jim have a great night. Okay, my friend, you take care. You too, Gary. Okay. Well, hey, James. Hey, Mr. Gary. Yeah, I saw you eating again during the show. I do not recall. (laughs) Yeah, you got a short memory. Who is our guest tomorrow? Well, our guest tomorrow is James Barrett. Now, he's going to go over the dangers of AI intelligence and dispel some of the uh, myths. Interesting. And also on Sunday, on Truckers, Sunday Truckers After Dark, we have two great guests. Don't we have a witch as one of them? We do. The first guest is going to be Leanne Mirarama. She is a witch straight from Salem. And then the second guest is going to be Mr. Gorga, and he's going to be talking about uh, demons and other scary entities. Well, that sounds like we're going to have a great show tomorrow and Sunday. If you haven't given us a thumbs up, please do. If you are listening to us on iHeart or Apple, you know, give us a, a good review. That's important. And again, check out our website. It gets updated quite often. It will give you all the information about each night's guests. And again, till tomorrow, everybody have a good one. We will catch you on the other side. 